Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Time Out. I'm Gladys. And I'm Ula. Welcome, everybody. We are so excited to have you here. And we are excited to dive into today's topic of what's the significance of that? Nothing. How many times do you guys read into everything that someone says or does? You read into events that happen in your life. A feather falls on your lap. You read into it. You wonder what it all means. And a lot of times that actually takes us down some rabbit hole that we don't need to be on. So Ulab, let's break down what we're going to be talking about today and why it's so important. Well, we are mostly talking about the relationships in our lives and how we keep looking into things that happen in those relationships, what people say in those relationships and how we create all kinds of um, stories in our heads. And most of the time, none of it is true. Uh-huh, definitely. Now, how does this all relate to our favorite topic of death? Well, because death is the biggest loss everybody can experience, right? And what else is there to lose besides everything in life? (laughs) um, So we are basically afraid of losing these relationships. And we are so hung up on things that happen in our life um, with other people that we kind of create situations in our heads just to justify what's going on and make um, things mean something bigger than they actually should. Mm-hmm. And this really robs us from the joy of just experiencing the the beauty in the relationships and actually mm-hmm. having, and it's funny because I was talking, I don't know who I was talking to this week, but I was having a conversation with somebody and they mentioned how you can't have it all, right? Like things got to be hard. You can't have it all, right? And I said, wrong. Actually, we are meant to have it all, but we are so conditioned to have these beliefs, especially when it comes in relationship to others. This is where things get super wonky that tell us that everything has to mean something. And unfortunately, the perspective that we take is that it means something negative. So let's use an example. Ula, what what example can you come up with that we can use to kind of break down what we want folks to get out of today's topic? Well, I I think a good um, good example um, we could use from from anything um, that is going going on currently in the world. Um, The uh, political situation in the United States, uh, coronavirus, um, um, any big situation like that, we can use that as an example because we as humans, we tend to pile things into good piles and good um, bad piles. And what some somebody says about um, corona or the vaccine or the political situation, you pile it in one of those those things. It's either good or bad for you. And you start talking about it and creating more about it. And then you start judging that other person because they are not thinking exactly the way you think. And then in there, we we start to look for more evidence to support the perspective that we've taken. And this is what we call uh, an unconscious cognitive bias. So in the world of psychology, this is how our brain organizes stimuli, right? Those buckets are actually really helpful for us. But we have control over what kind of buckets we create. And today we want to introduce you to another bucket that you probably haven't even considered, which is the bucket of nothing. 
It means nothing, right? There's nothing there. So we have a good bucket and we scan the world looking for things that feel good and that we put in the good bucket. So in relationship, if somebody says something that's in accordance to what you believe about the world, that's what we put in the good bucket. And then you tend to have better quality feelings towards that other person because they support you. Now, if somebody like, you know, comes up and says, you know, tells you their opinion about the vaccine and, you know, how people that don't take the vaccine are horrible people, and that might not resonate with you as somebody that wants choice around whether or not you take a vaccine, your brain is going to filter that as bad because it goes against what you believe. So you put that in the bad bucket. Today, we are going to create the nothing bucket. So let's talk about the nothing bucket, Ulo. How would you describe the nothing bucket to people? I think the best way to start explaining it is uh, what I always tell other people is you do you, boo. You do you. (laughs) Basically, the nothing bucket is that you focus on yourself, you focus on your own energy, you focus on your own vibration, because by focusing all that on all everything that feels good to you, you are going to be attracting more of that into your life. And that uh, quote unquote, bad bucket actually becomes the nothing bucket. Mm. Okay. So let's, this is a continuation, sweetie, of um, our past episode, right? Where Mm -hmm. we're we're talking about principles of law of attraction Um, for folks that are new to it. They might not have any idea what we're talking about. So uh, to to keep it simple, right? How would, actually, let's just do this. To keep it simple, let's work with the premise that everything is energy, right? We are comprised of energy. Our experiences are energetic and that's how we navigate the world. And so when we have a good bucket or a bad bucket, we, those both are full of energy, but at the energetic level, they don't mean anything. There's no such thing as like good energy or bad energy. If you're looking at everything where you remove emotion, you remove values, you remove opinions and judgments, significance is all gone. You're just left with energy. And whether it's in the good bucket or in the bad bucket is insignificant. Now, what's significant is where you put your attention to because the the energy that you want to continue to to attract is going to inform your emotions. So how do you want to feel? Most of us want to feel good. So in relationship, right, with other people, and this doesn't necessarily just mean love relationships, although I think we should probably dive into that, sweetie, because it's the juiciest and that's where people struggle Mm -hmm. the most, right? So you meet somebody, you're texting back and forth and maybe you you send a text to that person where you're being a little flirtatious and then that person sends you a text back that doesn't really flirt back. Maybe it feels a little bit aloof. What do we tend to do in that situation? We tend to... Oh my God, what does he mean? What does that mean? What's the meaning of that? What did I do? I'm terrible. I'm going to die. Well, yeah. <laughs> Or they're terrible and they should die. <laughs> yeah. And and even if this is not conscious, we do do this like quick dive into a rabbit hole of making something mean more than it does, right? This is where we then call our girlfriends and we start complaining. We want them to read the text. What do you think this means? 
And we create these stories in our minds playing out a scenario before it even happens. Now, that is energy, right? That you're creating in a direction that is actually not the direction that you want, but it's unconsciously in a direction that you're that you are most afraid of, but now there's momentum building there. So it's very likely that that's going to be what will unfold. I just realized I have, I have, I think I have jalapeno in my teeth. So it's <laughs> just annoying me. Yes. I'm looking at myself. I need a floss before we get on these things. Honey. Well, FYI, for everybody listening, we are also um, recording video of this. So you might be seeing a little clips of, uh, Gladys digging jalapeno out of her teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Either that or it's just shadow. Um, So anyway, okay. So let's connect this back to death, sweetie, because I think this is really important. And, you know, for you having crossed over and for me knowing you, you know, having died, having now still being alive and the way that you navigate relationships, you know, whether with friends, with people that you don't know, strangers that you're running past on your daily runs or family. I have noticed that there's a way that you navigate things very differently than most people, right? And and it's very clear to me that Ula has an approach that allows you to release, right? Any reading into things before you get that momentum going to now where you have a total scenario playing out in your head. You've assumed the worst about the other person. You've assumed the worst about the outcome. You're ready to cut them off. Then your whole day is ruined. That's typically what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Although I'm getting better. (laughs) Right. And then our energy is affected and then we feel bad. And then we have that filter that we keep navigating the world. So guess what's going to happen next? All of a sudden you go to the grocery store to just buy some coffee and half and half, and you're carrying the half and half and the coffee in your hand and the half and half cotton breaks and it spills all over your brand new shoes. And then you're upset about that. And then you get in your car and now you're annoyed that there's traffic and then you get home and you're trying to create an email for your subscribers. If you've got a business and everything sounds like shit and that's all because you created significance around something that actually meant nothing. So Ula, talk us in detail. And I'm going to pause, honey, when I need you to go into more detail, because I know you tend to, you're so accustomed to this that you forget that most people don't understand your way of navigating the world. So talk us through a real example of a situation with someone that could have been a situation where you felt like shit, where you started to read into things, or maybe you even did a little bit, but then talk us through how you actually navigate things so that you're not letting that energetic momentum build in a direction that you don't want it to go. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I have a reason, um, recent events in my life that I can't talk about, um, in more detail um, right now, but with this person, I could have easily gone to a space where everything is super ugly um, and things turn to fighting and yelling and screaming and things like that. But instead, what I did was like, okay, that is not going to feel good to me. What do I want to see happen in this situation? How do I want to feel in this situation? That is always the most important thing to me. How do I want to feel in this situation? Because the situation is here, it has manifested. It is quote unquote, reality. Um, I can't change that. But what I can change is how I react to this situation. I can change how I feel 
about this situation. So <clears throat> with this with, with the situation that I had in hand and I was I could have easily been really mad um and people would have understood why I acted the way I did. Uh the funny thing is that now they kind of don't <laughs> understand that I am not acting crazy. <laughs> I am choosing to step back. I'll look at the big picture and see what I want to unfold in the future. How do I want to feel right now? And how do I want to feel in the future? And how it's, is that going to affect me on the long run? Okay. This is, the, uh, yeah. And this is so, super powerful because what I want to highlight is that you keep saying what I want to feel. Mm-hmm. How do I want to feel now? And how do I want to feel in the future? How do I want to feel with everything that's currently happening to me? And as I zoom out, how do I want to feel as I look at this for more of a bird's eye view? Notice everyone that's listening that Ula is not saying, how do I want to get that person to change? How do I want to make sure that person understands their wrongdoings? How do I make sure that this wrong is corrected? The wrong gets corrected through your emotional state because that is what is feeding the energy that you're creating and putting out into this world, which then feeds the energy that comes back to you. So what I'm hearing, Ula, is that when things happen to you and and things happen, right? Super painful stuff, unexpected stuff, things that piss you off. I mean, Ula does get pissed off and it's very funny when she does because it's rare, but it's like, oh God, that's right. She is still human. Thank God. (laughs) like such an asshole around her. Um, when these moments happen, we, we go into default reactivity mode and that's where we, our brains go into, is this a good bucket thing that I put this in or is this a bad bucket thing? And then when we start to create, we'll look for significance in this. What does this mean? What does this mean about me? What does it mean about the other person? And what does it mean about my world as I know it? Okay, this is so important for you guys to hold on to. What does this mean about me? What does this mean about the other person? And what does this mean about the world that I live in? This is a triad, right, that we use in psychology to break down our unconscious biases and our unconscious thinking. And in this situation, we can actually use this to our benefit because if you first become more self-aware and notice that when you make meaning out of something just because you need to find meaning of it because it helps you feel in control and that you have some sense of worth, we tend to default to the negative. So then you see yourself negatively, you see the other person negatively, you see your world negatively. Now let's flip it, right? And Ula, you look at this through the lens of how do I want to feel about myself right now? How do I want to feel about this situation in the bigger scheme of things How do I want to feel about that other person? And that allows you to actually take your control back and make informed decisions based on your emotional state that you want to be in. Live your life in now because we actually only have now. There's no, there's no, um, past and there's no future. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but we only have now there's, um, the, the, the past is past. We can't go back to it. We can change things that happened yesterday. And we also, we, we can live in the future in a sense that you start only living for the future. So you have to figure out what feels good right now. It doesn't matter what kind of situation 
it is or who is this other person you're dealing with what's going on with them um how is that um affecting me because only you are in charge of how you feel it's it doesn't matter who what politician is on tv spewing um whatever they're not going to feel what you feel and the other person that you are fighting with whether it's at home or on the street somebody cut you off on the on the road they're not going to feel what you feel. So why not choose the good feelings? What feels good to you? Why not choose that? Now that's a lot harder to do when we've been conditioned our entire Mm -hmm. lives to be reactive, um, to cast blame. Right. And, and especially I think right now, you know, having living in a time where things are so tumultuous, where there is a lot of injustice happening, um, a lot of fear, right. That is being pumped into the bloodstream of society all over the world. It, it is hard to, to think that we actually have a choice in these moments because our emotions can get so caught up in situations, especially when we feel that there's been loss, something's been taken from us. And this is what relates to death, right? We are so of the belief that death is the ultimate loss, right? That And so that our whole lives are supposed to be about avoiding this ultimate loss. And in relation to each other, we're constantly trying to minimize our losses every single moment that we are connected to another human being, right? And and it's rooted in that fear that we're going to lose something. So how do we cope with that as humans? We tend to want to control. We want to anticipate. We want to know ahead of time. We want to fill in the blanks because we are not okay with things just meaning nothing, right? And if we were to look at all the the, the upheavals and the injustices that are happening and actually use that same bucket analogy, good bucket, bad bucket, nothing bucket. How many of you right now are having like a serious visceral reaction in your body to consider that maybe all of this means nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Some of you might get really pissed off right now. Some of you might be like, yeah, but, or how could you say that, right? But if death is just a transitory state and it's something that we choose, right? And death is nothing but us continuing to be infinite beings, but in a different state, then we are here to just experience what what you often remind me of, Ula, is contrast, but to also experience us being able to be creators of our Mm -hmm. worlds, of our experiences. And that all comes back to our emotional state of being. You actually have a, um, a great exercise. I I don't want to call it exercise. What is it? Uh, It's a ritual called Mm. the goodbye ritual. Um, Gladys has a fantastic um, ritual, how to navigate these these um relationships and situation where you actually have to let go because that's the only way to get to a better place is that you have to let 
go of the control. I know that's scary, but you have to let go of the control because the only thing you can ever control is your own um, emotions, your own feelings. That's the only thing you can control. And that's where the magic happens, really. Once you get to the space where you can um, find ways to feel better now, 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 because there's only now, that's where the magic happens. And I think mm. we are very good examples of how that magic is just, it's just happening. <laughs> oh my God, you guys, it's happening so incredibly. I mean, Ola and I's meetings to talk about our future are the most ridiculously fun and playful and magical experiences ever full of laughter. That's when we know we're doing things right, honey, is when we are laughing our asses off because <laughs> if we're not, <laughs> then we just, we, we let it go and we wait until it comes back. Um, yeah. So the control part, sweetie, and thank you for mentioning the ritual. I'll talk a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. um, but this control part, what I would love for folks to do is really look at one relationship where you have been feeling eh, around. Okay. You, you're, you just don't, something just is not working. And, and Ula, you know, both of us have had, have had conversations around the, that one relationship where things just felt wonky, right? Mm -hmm. This might be an active relationship that you currently have with somebody. It might be a friendship that went sour in the past. Um, it might be a breakup that happened two decades ago that you still don't feel resolved about. Um, this also can be relationships that you have with past identity. So for example, when I left the corporate uh, path, I had to come to terms with who am I if I'm not Dr. Otto, the president or CEO of an organization. My identity was so wrapped up in my career, my profession, that I didn't know who I was outside of that. And I had to untangle myself and let go of a lot of expectations and stories that I had around who I believed I was professionally. So it can be identities. It can be even your relationship to illness. You know, I think about um, a past client that I had who had um, thyroid disease and how she had to let go of her identity suffering from thyroid disease in order to be able to step into a new chapter where thyroid disease did not own her. So all of this centers around this deep need for control. And this, again, goes back to death. We try so hard to control everything, including everyone around us in our lives because of that ultimate fear that if we don't, we're going to fuck something up. We're going to take the wrong step. We're going to get blindsided or fucked over by somebody else. And then that's going to lead us to a big loss. And that deepest loss is the death of something, someone, or the death of the ultimate death of, mm -hmm. of our lives. Uh, how, how many times have you heard people say when somebody actually passes away and you hear people say, I wish I would have said this before totally. they, they passed away. So that adds another layer to the guilt that we live with, because we also feel guilty that if we're trying to let go of these um, relationships that we don't feel good about. We feel guilt about that. And then um, we also tend to feel like we have to hold on to those bad relationships and and um, words that uh, the negative feelings that we're seeing and the bad words we are saying, because it somehow justifies what they've done to you. If somebody's done something ill um, 
towards you, you feel like, okay, I, I have to justify somehow me feeling, feeling bad about that person. And I just want to let everybody know that it doesn't mean like it be just because you feel good about yourself and you feel good about your life. It doesn't mean that it justifies somebody doing bad things to you. It, it, just letting go of it, 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 it. There's no like, okay, now it's justified that they could do that to me. Now I'm going to feel bad about that. Oh, totally, honey. And, and I also think about as, as soon as you were talking about that, I was also thinking about how, um, how many times do people hold on to a a person that's passed on that has died mm-hmm. because they feel like they can't move forward or if they if they actually feel lightness or freedom um that somehow that relationship's going to drift away they're going to get further away from that loved one that's died or they're not going to be honoring that person's life enough mm-hmm. uh, goes back to guilt regret remorse um, we, and we end up beating the shit out of ourselves and robbing ourselves from the joy of life as a result mm-hmm. of it. Um, so this is very juicy stuff, you guys, and stuff that isn't going to be unpacked immediately overnight. But, you know, I shared this this morning with a friend who I was talking to that we're such an avoidance mode around all of this stuff, because we feel like if we're actually going to do a thorough cleansing of our attachment to a relationship that we actually want to be different, whether we're ready to end a relationship or we just want to feel lightness around it. We feel like we have to open up Pandora's box of all the hard feelings and deep dive into analyzing thing and rehashing everything and making everything have bigger significance than Mm -hmm. it does. Right. And no one wants to do that. I mean, and I, I'm a former therapist. I mean, that was, you know, <laughs> the whole career, the whole field of psychology is about analyzing everything. Right. But um, while there is value in that for some, you know, if that totally is how you're going to start to open up about stuff that you've never shared before, good. Right. Go do that. Right. What, again, whatever helps you feel best. Mm-hmm. I also think it's important to recognize that feeling amazing and lighter and cleansed energetically does not need to be so fucking hard and tedious. And that is why I created the Good Goodbye Ritual. I wanted this to be something that I could give to you and have you experience it with whether it's a five-minute ritual that you want to experience or a longer one to three-hour ritual. It's up to you but to experience an energetic cleanse and release in a way that's lighthearted, that's playful, that's creative. I mean, how often do we actually bring our creativity into processes of healing, Mm -hmm. right? We think it needs to be so somber and heavy and this isn't. Um, And the beauty is that I take you through, through six sets of instructions where I'm, I'm guiding you through audio recordings on how to create your own good goodbye ritual so that you can feel acceptance, understanding, gratitude, forgiveness, and say goodbye in a way that really honors that next chapter, that vision of the next chapter that you want to step into. And that's where you bring in more joy and more ease. And Ula and I are just huge proponents of this all being able to happen in the most stupid, easy, and fun ways possible, because that (laughs) is where magic comes from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's our board meetings. (laughs) (laughs) 
Also for folks, we're going to put the link in uh, for the Good Goodbye Ritual into the show notes so that you can read more about it. And if it calls to you, please move forward and get it because it is going to be such a beautiful experience for you. Also, if you know that you want to get this as a gift for somebody else, I think this is one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to create the ritual in the way that I did is that you can gift this to somebody. And this is a perfect way to show somebody that you want to support that's having a hard time with a relationship, whether somebody died, whether they're going through a breakup, whether they are, you know, they just got news about their health, they have an illness. It's a beautiful way to support them without you feeling like you need to find the right words or the right way to hold all that person's experience energetically. Because that can be really heavy too. And so many times we just don't know what to say or what to do. And now you don't need to wonder anymore. You actually get to share something beautiful with them. That's one of the things that we don't allow to ourselves is that things can be easy and we are allowed to feel relieved in our lives. No matter how fucked up the surroundings are, you can still feel good and ease in your life. Yeah. And I would add to that too, that there's anytime something happens where we get deep into what does this mean? It's usually because something has gone off from what we were expecting. Right. So, and that goes back to control, but here's, here's a quick thing to insert in our minds in those moments is if something goes off kilter, if something unfolds differently than what you had hoped for, if, you know, you, you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you see a blue feather that falls in, in front of your foot and you're like, what does this mean? Check in with what kind of questions are you needing guidance on? right? Like what, what feels unclear to you in the moment? And then if something doesn't feel in alignment to you or is different than what you expected and you want to find meaning in it to make it make sense because you're not comfortable, just remember this, this or better, this or better. It's this or better. It's this or better. Things are always working out for me. Now, Amanda Francis, who is the author of a book called Rich as Fuck, she mentions this in her book over and over again. And I think this is a mantra, Ula, that you and I have talked about as well. And if we can just insert that into the brain chatter, and let that guide what we make meaning out of. We're going to constantly be training our brains to make meaning in a way that feels good to us because things are always working out. And then we don't have to go down that rabbit hole of analysis paralysis and making things mean something shitty that then just leads us energetically to attract more of the shitty to us. Um, Amanda mentions this, this or better, this or better. And I think um, it also comes from Abraham Hicks. Um, it's this or better. It's this or better. And I have, I mean, I have lived that life for a long time now. Um, and that's where the magic happens because you, you start to see these little signs in your life and the signs become bigger. And all of a sudden people around you are acting differently. And, and all of a sudden there's these, these just magical. I don't necessarily like the word magic. I'll tell you guys later why, but <laughs> these, these magical moments where <laughs> don't laugh at me, Gladys. <laughs> you're on, uh, you're, you're on mute luckily. So we can't hear you. <laughs> you're on mute, honey. You're on mute. <laughs> 
Oh, damn it. Okay, whatever. I was just having a little rant over here that Ula doesn't like the word magic, just like she doesn't like the word special. And she's both of these things. So what is, what significance does that say about Ula? <laughs> What's the significance of that? Nothing. <laughs> oh, my. But yeah, it's when you, when you um, incorporate that in this or better into your life, it, you really start seeing beautiful, magical things happen daily. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't know what this has to do with anything, but it popped in my mind. So I'm going to say it, but like, I, I just want to share like what's happening with me, honey and golf carts. So mm-hmm. I'm living in Baja, right. And I actually am living in a, in a freak. I'm living in Nirvana. I'm just going to finally say it. You know, it is absolutely stunning here. Ula came here and, and saw everything and I, and she's like, it's so beautiful. It's so magical. Isn't this? And I'm like, it's too perfect. It's too, it's too manicured. <laughs> I mean, it was, and that, that was the state that I was in. Right. Um, so anyway, I remember being like seeing people on their golf carts. I'm like, Oh my God, I would love to have a golf cart here and thinking, well, when is that going to happen? And then I could look at my bank account and being like, that's like a pipe dream. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Right. And I think it's, you know, like, what are they? $20,000 or something like that to buy a new one. So, but that was it. I just, I didn't put any attachment to it. And this goes back to our exercise that we shared in last, our last episode, which was make a list of three benign things that you want to see pop up in your life, right? That you have no attachment to. You put it in the nothing bucket. It's not good. It's not bad. It just, it's nothing, but it'd be playful and fun to see it. Well, fast forward some weeks and I met a dear friend, Candace, who has been so generous to let me borrow her golf cart. And Lovebug and I have been able to sprint around this whole community in the golf cart. And, and it happened effortlessly, you guys. So this, this is the magic that we're talking about. And the more play and fun and non-attachment you can bring into this, the easier it gets. And one step to do that, there's actually two. One, your nervous system needs to be in the right state of mind for that to happen, which is why we always mention the reset remedy, right? This helps your agitated nervous system uncoil. Then in the uncoiling, you can start to shift your perspective, your thoughts, your beliefs, your emotions. And that is where you can then do something proactive like use the good goodbye ritual to take yourself through a beautiful energetic cleanse and release to just clean out your energetic pipes because we've all got gunk in ours, right? And when you clean them out, that is when you're going to be more receptive to those magical moments coming in and to you getting a golf cart delivered to you surprisingly so that you can race around the beach and the ocean with your little pup by your side. Oh, right. It has been a beautiful episode. Once again, I just love doing this. This is just so much fun. Um, So thank you so much for everybody listening in today. And next week, we are going to talk more about the good goodbye, right? We are. So stay tuned for that, you guys, and how the good goodbye can help you regain your control over your emotions, over your own ability to create your own magic and truly let go of all the unnecessary bullshit that we have clouded our lives with up until this point. All right. So until next week, bye. Bye Bye-bye.